This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the Thoughts from a Page podcast, which is now a member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each episode I interview authors about their latest works, or others in the publishing industry about their job, what it entails, and the books they love. For more book recommendations, check out my earlier episodes and my website, thoughtsfromapage.com, and follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Thoughts from a Page. Thanks to Maggie Garza of HTX Real Estate Group for sponsoring the next six months of my podcast. I just posted my first Patreon bonus episode yesterday. You can check out the benefits I am offering through the link in my show notes. I hope that you will join us. Today, I am interviewing Chantelle Gurton about Instamom. Chantelle is a Toronto-based beauty expert and television personality, well-known to audiences of Canada's number one daytime talk show, The Marilyn Dennis Show, and a frequent guest of morning news shows. Previously, she worked as a beauty editor at fashion magazines. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, Chantel. How are you today? I'm great, Cindy. How are you? I am great also, and I'm really looking forward to talking about Instamom. Well, why don't we start out with you just telling me a little bit about the book? Sure. So Instamom is the story of Kit Kidding, and she is proudly child-free by choice. So she's really gone down a path creating this world for women who have decided that they don't want to have children. So she's written a book that's called Kid Free Forever. She goes on speaking tours. She's created these no kidding groups where women can meet, you know, have a great dinner and meet other women like them. So that when you're in that age where all of your friends are having children and you sort of feel a little bit lost if you're not, you know, that kind of late 20s, 30s age, she really has created this world where these women can find each other and have friendship. So she's also an Instagram influencer. So she shows that child-free life on Instagram as well. So her entire world is about not having children. And she meets a man named Will, a very sexy chef, and she falls for him only to learn that he is a single dad. So in a word, it's a deal breaker. And so she's thinking, I have built this entire realm around being child-free And, you know, I'm so happy about it. And now all of a sudden, I may be involved as someone who has a child. What am I going to do? That's right. So it's not only the idea of, 
dating someone, right? Which is, you know, in itself, you're sussing them out and are they a fit with your lifestyle? It's a huge question for her. It's not only her career, but more importantly, it's, you know, the life that she wants to have. And so there's a lot of questions that she has to ask herself and answer while, you know, really being in love with this man. Well, I'm so interested in the term child-free. I actually love it. I think it's a great way to phrase that, but it's not something I had really encountered, I would say, until the last year. Is it just slow to reach my ears or is that a newer term? I think it's probably a newer term. And, you know, when I was researching, I I wanted this to be sort of who Kit is. So I was reading a lot of articles and I, I kind of started to search it. And what I did realize, of course, And I had thought about this before, you know, a lot of times people say childless. And so the idea with childless is that you're missing something. So child-free makes it a choice and it is a choice. And that's what I found was really, really interesting. And when I started to read a lot of articles from women who chose to be child-free, you really start to see this perspective, right? That if someone were to say like, oh, I'm about to have a baby, like, or I, you know, my husband and I are thinking about getting pregnant or in whatever way it is, no one would ever just say to that person, are you sure? Right. <laughs> but if you right. say, I'm, I'm not going to have kids, it's so common to say to that person, are you sure? So I liked this idea of child-free. I'm glad that this is sort of gaining more popularity because it's really a mindset. And I think it's really important to understand that women who choose this have chosen this. It's their choice and it's okay. I think that is why I like that term. Child-free definitely sounds more like a choice, more like something you've decided to do versus childless makes it sound like you just couldn't have children. And there are plenty of people who choose not to have children. That's exactly it. And there is a difference. You're totally right. And I think we often don't know, right? So whether someone has chosen not to have children or they can't have children. And so it's a lot of those things can be very touchy subjects. I agree with that. And so I think it's just the best thing to do is just be careful. But also I think, I don't know, because I've had this conversation several times with authors and a friend of mine lately, and it would just never occur to me to like grill somebody about not wanting to have a child. I mean, I think everybody should make the decisions they want to make for their own lives. You know, everybody approaches those things differently. And for me, if somebody says, I don't want to have a child, I would be like, okay, versus trying to be like, are you sure? Or trying to convince them or making them feel bad about it. That just is so bizarre to me, like not a good way to treat a friend. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think, I mean, maybe on some level, you know, if um, you're, you know, you're a mom, I'm a mom, you want your friends to be in it with you as well, because I think it's easier to relate to other people. Uh, but for a long time, I actually was child free. And I had a lot, you know, all my friends had kids, they never tried to coerce me either. I'm sure part of it is, I would say probably the most grief that people get when they choose not to have kids is from their parents, right? Who want to be grandparents, right? I think there's also that idea when people say like, oh, you'll change your mind. And I think that is, you know, never say that to someone who (laughs) doesn't want to have children or isn't sure because it's so, you would never say that about anything else. Like, oh, you know, what career choice you have or going to a restaurant, you would never act as though a grown woman isn't sure of her own choices. And I think that that is probably just so hurtful. Well, and condescending. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like I know better than you know. Right. For you. For you. Exactly. So, and that's what I guess the part that just seems so weird to me because like you said, a career, it's not like if somebody said to me, I'm going to be a lawyer and I'll be like, oh, are you sure? That doesn't really right. seem like that's the right thing for you. You know? So I think, yes, I, I, I think you're right. It's just always funny to me when when people make some of the comments they do. But I think you're right. Relatives, parents, things like that. That's probably more likely where the pressure will come from. Yes. Well, tell me a little bit about where you got the idea for this. I mean, you spoke a little bit about it, but sort of where did the idea come from? How did you get it down onto paper? All of that or into the computer? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So for a long time, I didn't think that maybe I wouldn't have kids. It just wasn't like, I wasn't thinking definitively, I definitely wouldn't, but I wasn't also like, okay, like time to have children now. I didn't have that same urge that I think some women have that they just know that they're going to be a mom and that's part of their plan. So I was single and I met a man who um, had two children. And so I entered into a relationship with him. And I think doing that is gives you this idea of like, okay, it's not just the straightforward relationship. And you are not going to sort of ever have that conversation about like, oh, you know, where do you stand on kids? Like, are you unsure? Do you want to have kids? Like, it's like, that person already has children, like, and loves them. And um, so it all worked out. That man is now my husband. And I'm a stepmom of two. And we also have a son together who is now seven. And so it was always sort of in the back of my mind, because I hadn't seen this type of heroine portrayed and definitely not in rom coms. So I love rom coms. And I think, you know, you're always looking, of course, rom com is a genre. And there's always sort of like what's keeping them apart, or what's the relationship trope. But I hadn't seen this one yet. And so I thought this is a unique angle and I can speak to it. I can write from this because I I do know what it was like and some of the things that happened. And then the other thing I thought would be fun is just to up the stakes, of course, that if it wasn't just my heroine, you know, not sure if she wanted kids or really knew she didn't want to have kids, if it was her entire career. And I also thought if it was on social media, because That's another there's, you know, there are some books out there that deal with social media, but not really in in as much as I thought I could go into it with being an Instagram influencer. So as my career has been working as a beauty editor um, at fashion magazines, and then parlaying that into doing morning television. So giving, you know, my best beauty tips in four minutes on the morning news. And with that, as Instagram became more popular, I got lots of requests for brand partnerships. So that wasn't something that I really had expertise in. And I started to see like, wow, this is its own career in itself. So going to events and seeing Instagram influencers who are paid to be there and all of that. And so I thought this is really interesting to explore this world because if I had a heroine that it was like her her career and her persona is so public that any choice she makes is going to affect not only her personal life, but the way everybody sees her. And we know with Instagram, you know, one of the, you know, most popular pieces of advice when you're trying to build up your Instagram account and gain followers is to be consistent, to be on brand. So for her to have to, you know, she can't just like switch off that and be like, oh, and now I'm dating someone who has kids. Um, So I thought that 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 from my own experience would be really fun to explore. Well, and it was fun. And it was interesting to read the Instagram influencer parts of that. 
It's always so amazing to me that people do really make a career out of it. You know, it's all these YouTube people too. It's just kind of funny to me that that actually becomes their whole career. Yes. And I think it's important to recognize. So, you know, this is a fun rom-com, but I think, you know, I wanted to write a rom-com with heart and to, you know, if you had some takeaways from it. And I think Instagram is so interesting because it's such an accessible platform. So we can all have an Instagram account if we want to, multiple. So you're all out there in this world, but then you're comparing yourself to someone who is spending 8, 10, 12 hours a day on this as a career. So there's, I I, I kind of used inspiration in the, in the event that opens the book that she goes to an Instagram event. I went to an event once and this was when it was I first realized many years ago, like, oh, this is people's career. This is their job. Influencers were there in the color scheme of the event. They had photographers with them to take their photos and to shoot videos. So if you can imagine, like they are spending a lot of money because they want to make sure their content is very well curated. But we don't realize that. We look and we think, oh my gosh, like how come that person looks so good all the time? The lighting is so perfect. It's like, yeah, that was makeup, hair, lighting, editing afterwards, and then planning out when to post certain photos so that your grid looks good. But we just look at them, you know, the average person, and and maybe you feel bad about yourself. And so I wanted to sort of hopefully open up the reader's eye even to that because I think that this platform that was supposed to connect us to other people and make us feel less lonely can often make us feel worse about ourselves. But maybe reminding yourself that like, when you see those really beautiful accounts, like that might be the person's job. And actually, even though they look so happy, there was probably a lot of stress that went into that to make sure that it looked really good. And sometimes that it's not completely authentic. Yes, (laughs) that is very true because, you know, it's all about showing that one side of yourself. So, you know, there may be a lot of parts that that person never shares because that's not the account that is got the follows and that they're trying to put out there into the world. Or that they're being paid to support something. But that's a whole other (laughs) subject matter. But I'm glad that you touched on that and made that a part of your book. If you enjoy the Thoughts from a Page podcast, I hope you'll check out another podcast. It's called A Little Bit Grim, and it's a weekly podcast about paranormal, true crime, folklore, conspiracies, and disasters. Here's a little more information about it. That is my best friend, Jenny, over there on that side of the table. Hi, that's my lifelong best friend, Taylor. Are you into ghosts, aliens, or murder? If you are, you are among friends because we love talking about terrible things too. It's why we started our podcast, A Little Bit Grim. Where we would talk about the paranormal, true crime, folklore, conspiracies, cults, disasters, and every other heinous thing that could happen to a person. It's a little bit spooky with a little bit of comedy mixed in. Honestly, it's all just a little bit grim. And you can find us wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And you can find us on all social media platforms by searching for A Little Bit Grim. We'll see you there. Goodbye. What about the title? Tell me how that came about. Yeah. So I think that at some point I was sort of toying with this idea of someone who was on Instagram, was an influencer, 
And then at the same point, thinking about, okay, somebody who was sort of thrown into the world of kids could be really funny. And I think it's just like, as I was writing it, it sort of came to me like, yeah, Instamob, like that's it. And I think as soon as I thought of it, I knew that was the title. Well, it's kind of a clever play on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then what about the cover? Well, I wish I could take any credit at all for that. I love the cover. So my book sold at auction to a Canadian publisher, to Penguin Random House in Canada, and to Kensington in the US. So I have two editors on the book, and they worked so great together. And they just sort of decided behind the scenes without me sort of how they would divvy up all of the roles that come in addition to editing the book. One of them was that Kensington would take on the cover. And so they have a great designer there who really just came up with it. And I love it. A lot of people think that they're Scrabble pieces, which is interesting because there is a Scrabble reference in the book. So that's actually kind of fun too, because at one point, the the little girl who's in the book, Will's daughter, is reading a Meg Wolitzer book. And it's a YA book that talks about Scrabble. But they're actually supposed to be those blocks that when you have, you know, a baby that you give to a baby and they can stack them or you can make words with them and you sometimes see them in a kid's room with their name on them and that. And then at the bottom, you can see one has a juice box on it and one has a glass of wine. So I think it's just like it was a very, very clever cover. And the two covers in Canada and the United States are a slightly different, but but they're the, that exact image. They've just done a different treatment on them. So I love that the book is the same sort of across North America. Well, I was just going to ask you that. But the first thing I was going to say was I knew they weren't Scrabble tiles because they're so thick, you know, because I was looking yes. at them. And obviously that you can also see the wood and they're kind of, I, I shouldn't, I mean, we play obviously enough, but the way the tiles look, they're a little different. But I was I was trying to figure out exactly what they were. So they're blocks. Yeah. Okay, that makes perfect sense. And that's fun that the Canadian and the American cover were the same. Yeah, I think so too. It makes it easier too when you're sort of, I think, doing the promotion and that because especially here in Canada, we get so much of the American TV and online and magazines and everything that I like, you know, if you see the cover, that's the cover. I agree, because I think it's confusing enough when it's different in the UK and here. But if it were different in Canada and here, I would definitely be like, what is happening? Well, what about you? Are you working on anything new at the present? Or are you just excited to get this one out into the world? Um, I am working on a new book. And it is a new rom-com that if I meet my deadline, it should come out next summer. Um, So that is, I mean, I would say, is it a good idea to have a deadline at the same time as your book is coming out? Maybe I should have thought about that with my editors, but the editors are lovely and it's all going to be fine. But I am working on that right now. And I can't say too much about it because my editors haven't even seen the book. So who knows if the book idea will change, but, but it's another uh, great, I, I think it's a really fun idea that I haven't kind of read before, but in the wrong genre. Well, good. Well, I'll look forward to seeing that one. What about what you've read recently that you really liked? I right now am reading Finley Donovan is killing it, which I don't know if you've heard of this book. It's sort of like the Janet Ivanovich books, the one for the money, the Stephanie Plum mysteries. So I don't know if you've read those, but where she's sort of like 
the reluctant hero solving mysteries, but they're really funny. So Finley Donovan is killing it is actually an author. And she gets, you know, like terrible advances, like that struggling author that is so common, you know, a couple of thousand dollars for a book. And she is late on her next book. She has like zero idea for it. She's a mom. She's just been divorced. And she is meeting with her agent at a Panera Bread. And she's like saying like, her agent is just like, just do the job, get it done. Like, you know, shed some blood and get the money. Like, and this woman overhears and thinks that she's basically a hit woman. So hires her to kill her husband. And she writes murder mysteries. So not only now does she have money because this woman's going to pay her, but she also has the idea for her next book. And it's so funny and it's so great. And there is supposed to be a second one as well. So that was a very long um, plug for that book, which I just randomly discovered. Um, But I love it. It's been all over Instagram. And my older daughter loved that book. And I just saw the other day the cover for the second one. And I said, oh, there's a follow up. And she goes, I know, I've already looked it up. Yeah. And I just finished um, Emily Henry's The People We Meet on Vacation, which I really loved that as well. And... I also read The Unhoneymooners, which is um, a, bit, a bit older, Christina Lauren. I love that book. I loved it. Yeah, it was really well done. I didn't want it to end. Yeah, I thought that was so well done. And I loved Emily Henry's first book, Beach Read. Have you read it? Yes, I have. Yeah, that was, that was so really good. fun. Yeah, and yeah. a great title too. Yes, definitely. And just the the story, the two authors. You know, I think I just really enjoyed that and the idea that they were swapping genres. I thought it was so much fun. I recommend it to people all the time still. So good. Well, Chantel, thank you so much for joining me in the Thoughts from a Page podcast today. It was really fun to speak about Instamom. Thank you so much, Cindy. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you liked this episode, and I hope you did, please consider joining my Patreon as a page turner. Follow me on Instagram at Thoughts from a Page. Tell all of your friends about the podcast and rate it or subscribe to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. I would really appreciate it. The book discussed today can be purchased at the Conversations from a Page bookshop storefront, and the link is in the show notes. Thanks to Maggie Garza for sponsoring this episode, and I hope you'll tune in next time. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily... That's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately 7 minutes.